crazy poultrying flock Ian Gallo Loco here with a very special one bird flying solo of reviews for you I have six movies that I've seen in this past month that I would like to talk about that I've seen in the theaters and basically this is just gonna be my quick analysis and thoughts some of these I will not be trying to give spoilers especially the first two that I'm gonna be talking about if you have not seen them and without any further ado let's get to the first review that's right I had the great privilege and pleasure of getting to see The Shining on the big screen this is the first time that I've ever been able to see this on the big screen and it was a blast I saw this at a 7.30 showing that surprisingly had one trailer before it, which was Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. And I have only ever viewed this movie a few times on TV and on DVD and officially on Blu-ray now. But this, seeing it on the big screen, truly elevated this film. I already thought this was a really good movie and a very good Stephen King film, even though he notoriously hates this version. Um, but the thing that I love most about it was the atmosphere, the feeling of enclosure with the fact that this is a big freaking hotel. And the cold, I could just feel it radiating off of it. And this has some legitimate freaky scares in it. And the psychological torment that happens through Jack Torrance's character, played from Nic Jack Nicholson. Uh, Shelley Duvall also, I think, is actually very well and very good in it. Uh, despite some very, uh, we can just say, choice things that Stanley Kubrick did with her. Uh, Danny Lloyd, who played Danny is amazing and this one of the best child performances ever um th this is just one of stanley kubrick's masterpieces a flawed masterpiece but it's still a masterpiece um because there's so much that i could say about this that hasn't been said before i mean there's even a documentary that i actually still want to check out that actually explores a lot of the theories behind it but basically it always just comes down to what you prefer I would say in this because then there's the Stephen King version that a lot of people actually give praise to actually how Jack's character is in that because it's closer apparently to the book and that character I believe is very well modeled after King himself which is why he feels a personal attachment to it um, so it's definitely a preference. Uh, I have no problem saying that the guy that actually was Jack in the Stephen King version actually does do a pretty good job. It's just that the whole miniseries itself is just long, monotonous, and not scary at all. This actually still has some very good frightening imagery. The elevator full of blood, the two twins and just the psychological torture that happens with Jack throughout and I think it's actually scarier a second time through when you know what has happened because then you know Jack's going insane 
and you pick up more stuff and you notice a lot more um, th that although there was a definite advantage when I saw this on the big screen because clearly there was a few people there that had never seen it before and they really sold and really over like acted at the parts like when Dick Wolf gets killed and it uh, lady just yells out oh my no so that was fun um, so regardless of how you feel uh, the only other nitpicks I feel like I could give this is just some this is just what I felt when I was watching it again on the big screen too there's some editing choices I think that could have been done differently like when it's towards when it's coming towards the end of Dick Wolf basically traveling to the hotel uh, they cut back to him and they show like his whole endeavor getting there and I felt like maybe they could have edited a bit more of cutting back and forth between that which may have been a bit smoother and didn't drag as much um, but those are really the only kind of nitpicks uh yeah it depend also the ending is always up for debate i have no problem with the ending and of course with the ending from the book and it's also in the miniseries it's a little over you know blown <laughs> blown being the operative word um but regardless this is still Oh, it's such a toss-up between this and a few and a couple others now, but the style from Kubrick, the performances, the cinematography, the music, this is definitely one of my favorite Stephen King movies, and it's definitely a flawed masterpiece, so I am going to give 1980's The Shining an A. Yeah. That was how I started my October, seeing The Shining on big screen. But now we can move on to some stuff that came out actually this year, this month. So, what is up next? Hmm. I think I might have a good laugh with this one. Yes, up next is the highly controversial, but still making shit tons of money right now, Joker. Starring Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleming, Nick, a.k.a. the Joker. Uh, this started out to be one of the biggest, I actually thought, jokes of all time. Because the first few names that came up about the fact that they were thinking about doing a Joker movie and people that were attached to it, I was just like, this is, this ain't gonna happen. There's no way. Then they announced Joaquin Phoenix for the role, and I was like, that's an interesting pick. I've like been liking Joaquin, but I really still don't feel like this is actually going to happen. I think this is all just one prank and joke. Then the trailer comes out. And I'm like, wow. No, this is real. This is really coming out. This is really going to happen. And then talks started circling. Another trailer came out. And this quickly rose to be my most anticipated film of the year. It even beat Star Wars. Um, because I have now been 
watching some of Joaquin Phoenix's latest stuff, and I've really been liking and really been enjoying it. His so-called back-from-retirement run has maybe been one of the best runs lately, and he's become one of my absolute favorite actors. Not really right now, but now of all time. So I became very engrossed with this, and I really wanted to see it. And now after seeing it, and again, I know it's been a while, but I'm still not going to spoil it for anybody out there that still has not gotten around to seeing it, which I'm still going to say shame on you, uh, because I really love this movie. Um, this is a dark depiction about somebody because of his surroundings, society, how he's grown up, and his mental capabilities can just want, all of a sudden become the Joker. And Joaquin Phoenix does an amazing job acting, changing his body structure for this. Uh, and then the, all the social commentary that is in this that is talking about today, even though it takes place in the early 80s. And this is why it's become a giant topic. It is actually focusing on things that are relevant now. And I honestly don't know when really there's been a comic book movie in the last few years that really has. And of all things, the, th the company I thought that I wouldn't be thinking that of would be DC. And right now, DC's been on a little bit of a roll for me personally. I mean, I know financially they've not been knocking it knocking it out of the park but for me they have been on a real streak of late um but this is definitely the icing on the cake for me because i know there's no plans for a sequel here because they have stated that they've only wanted to make a one-off basically and now that robert Pattinson is now being played by as batman this throws a wrench kind of in, but not going to get really into that stuff. I'm going to talk about the Joker itself. The cinematography, the color palette design, all of the acting is really good. Uh, I do, however, have just a couple of little things, and that for me are actually the Batman references. Um, the biggest one that's happened that happens towards the end, which I feel like they maybe could have done it a different approach, but I'll only get into that like for a special where we'll just have a discussion about the Joker just as a character in this film. But this is the latest movie that I've left thinking about, and I didn't ever think I would say this, but I think that this live-action Joker film now rivals Heath Ledger, and I don't know, it actually might be my favorite live-action Joker portrayal. It still is a competition with Mark Hamill overall, but I just can't deny Joaquin Phoenix in this film. And all the controversies aside, I'm only going to be talking about the movie, and... The movie is enough for me to give a glowing recommendation. Yeah, it's violent, but it's not anywhere near as violent as people say it is. Uh, and for those reasons, I am going to be giving Joker an A.
So, if I was a dark mess of stuff that I maybe should not have been laughing at, I maybe should be laughing at a few things for my next one. Yep, up next is Will Smith and Ang Lee's Gemini Man, a movie that I was not really too interested in from the trailer. I thought it looked pretty mediocre and generic. And then the whole prospect of the different uh, aging on Will Smith was definitely brought in, which could have been intriguing. However, now after I found out, it wasn't even the de-aging software, it was mocap. So that explains a few things. Uh, <laughs> this was a boring, boring movie to watch uh yeah i can sit here and say that will smith is charming but that's a little bit overplayed and you know he can be charming but it's really mostly everybody else uh that really weigh this down because they are not good and the directing is all over the place the story is also all over the place. And the fact that this is being written by one of the writers of Game of Thrones actually answers a few questions. Um, what, also, the frame rate was also another big talking point about this, that Angley shot this in a frame rate that was different than most. And I think that, that was definitely not really a way to go about with this, because it was definitely a distraction. And the fact that this also was apparently in 3D made it abundantly clear when the 3D was going to happen. Uh, are there really many positives? Uh, <laughs> the action is okay. I mean, it's kind of Will Smith fighting a younger Will Smith um, with Clive Owen also there. Uh, but here's the thing. Ever since... The John Wick movies have come out. They're almost starting to ruin other action films because I'm just, like, numb to most of them now. They can't really grab me. They're not as creative and not as good with the stunt work. Uh, yeah, this Gemini Man was just a log of a movie to sit through. Now, there, however, was one moment that I will definitely however, also remember about this film. And it was one that I really wanted to laugh out loud in the theater, too, and I almost did. So, Will Smith's character, of course, at the beginning, says like he's retiring from this hitman, basically, that he is. And he's at a boating dock where he meets Mary Elizabeth's character. A bee flies around him, and he smacks it dead and says he's allergic to bees. I wanted to just start cracking up because I'm just now thinking of Nicolas Cage's Wicker Man. Not the birds! Ah, oh, not the birds! And I was just there going, if he does not get stung by a bee now, this ain't worth it. He does get shot by a chart dart that does have bee venom, so I guess that's close enough. Uh... Yeah, without getting too much into this, the like for as far as spoilers go, 
the action also really wasn't handled that well. It was hard to see a lot of times. And the younger-looking Will Smith uh, looks pretty good at the nighttime scenes. However, in the daytime scenes, it looks atrocious. Especially at the end when it looks like a freaking video game cutscene. So, yeah, other than the few things that were just kind of funny, but they weren't really supposed to be funny. I really couldn't get into this movie. It was just boring. It was very well tried to be serious. But the script gave it nothing. The actors did the best they probably could. Will Smith is trying to be charming, but it's just not there for me. So I'm going to be giving Gemini Man a D. But now let's get move on to probably something that I was much looking forward to with a different feeling. We'll get to that next. Yep, up next is the 2019 computer-generated CGI <laughs> Adam's Family. Now, I do not have the best memories of the Adam's Family lore the TV show and the movies. I have seen the films, but it's been quite a while, and I don't remember everything well. But I was still intrigued by this. The animation was definitely the first thing that I was like, okay, but if the script and the characters are good, I'm not going to care that much. Uh, and then I saw the cast that it was, and I really liked the cast, too. So I went into it with, actually, some high hopes that I'll be getting a good animated film this year. And from the moment I sat down and the just being surrounded by children and some other family members, I was like, well, this will depend on now my excitement and enjoyment. And now after seeing the movie... Uh, it, it's, it's a very mixed feeling for me, just barely hitting a bar that's saying it's not bad, but it's not one I'm going to buy and recommend, and really sternly recommend. Um, because the main plot of this is that there's several things actually going on, uh, Let's see, I'll have to focus on it. So, of course, the big thing about this plot is that uh, there's a woman that actually wants to remake slash then end up wanting to destroy the Adams Family because their style is ruining her style, basically. She's making the town below them look all commercial and nice and everything, and theirs is, you know, dark, dread and everything, although I'm not too dread. Uh, there is a funny gag, though, that happens every once in a while, is that the house keeps on saying, get out, and that's them then being, oh, the house hasn't had its coffee yet. Um, but just to go over another few things, of course, Wednesday being voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz, who I think is a pretty good choice. Um, she's also doing the you know, traditional thing of that she's going to high school now and she's the oddball. Imagine that. Wednesday Adams, the oddball. Um, 
Pugsley is also having his own subplot that he needs to learn this sword demonstration, and that's what Gomez is teaching him. Um, I would say as far as the voice role acting goes, uh, my two standouts personally are Charlize Theron as uh, Morticia Adams, even though uh, another fault happens with her character too. But the definite standout is Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester. And Uncle Fester has always been my favorite. He always has the funny one-liners, and especially the stuff that I remember shortly from the the other live-action movies, and that being Christopher Lloyd. I'm just like, yep, I already like this. Um, there's There's some pretty good jokes that are in there, but then there's also some jokes in there that are really kind of cringy, um, a lot more visual humor stuff I thought worked, but it also just had a bunch of stuff that I just didn't personally associate with the Adams Family, like with sword dueling and explosions, it was feeling very much like a Michael Bay movie to me, and also I really, this was really aimed at pleasing kids, I don't feel like there was a lot of attempts or really many to have dark humor for adults which was kind of upsetting to me and then with the whole main plot with the main villain I just thought was very hammy and kind of hitting you over the head with its message so that also dragged it down a bit for me too so basically without getting much more into it uh, the animation I think is okay story is very predictable. Um, the cast, I believe, is trying. Every one of them is. Uh, Nick Kroll, though, steals it as Uncle Fester. And honestly, the biggest question to me is, why was Snoop Dogg cast as it? They just speed up his reading. Is it just so they could get one of his songs in there? And that was the big money ticket. So, yeah, not a glowing review, but not one of the worst movies I've seen this year not, and definitely not the worst animated film I've ever seen uh, so I'm going to be giving Adam's Family 2019 animated a C so look for it on home video or Netflix or whatever if you were interested I wouldn't rush out to see this uh, but let, then now let's move on to the next film that definitely gave me some personal feelings up next is the comedy version of Her, also starring Walking Phoenix, called Jinxie, starring Adam Devine, Devine Alexander Ship, and Rose Byrne. Uh, Rose Byrne is the voice of Jinxie, the phone that Adam Devine owns that starts basically running his life. And Alexander Ship is who he starts to have a romantic interest in. And when I saw the previews for this, uh, I thought it looked okay. At least probably could have some funny comedy from Adam. I think he's actually a pretty good comedian. I've heard his stand-up a few times. And he's been funny just as an actual actor in some things. Now after seeing it, I really pretty much predicted everything that was going to happen. It's every romantic comedy that you've probably ever seen. 
it's just interwoven with a few actual funny lines from Rose Byrne on as Jinxie. Um, Michael Pena, what the, what the hell were you doing in this? Uh, he was just totally underutilized. His script was awful. His character was just a dunce and stupid. Um, and I'm I'm trying to also not get too personal with this, but it it's also just a story that I personally was just when I was watching it. I'm just like, this is like an insult to me. This is not gonna happen, and shit like this just doesn't happen in real life, or at least to my understanding of life. Um, it. It's not a comedy that's without a few laughs. Adam does provide some. Uh, Rose Byrne, as I said, Jinxie easily gives the biggest laughs for me. Um, I thought Adam and Alexander Ship uh, had okay chemistry. It's just that then they have them saying some things and the story and the plot going that I was just not really into um so it's only like barely 90 minutes so you're not going to waste a whole time but i would not suggest seeing this in theater wait for vod or netflix if you want to check it out i don't think it's worth your big hurting money that being said it's also not the worst film i've seen this year it's just that it hit me personally in a few places that I just don't agree with. So I'm going to be giving Jinxie a C-. It's only because Rose Byrne gave me some laughs in there. But now it's time to move on to something that is 10 years in the making. Yep. Ten years after the original Zombieland, we finally got Zombieland Double Tap. And this was definitely one I was definitely intrigued by, especially with the fact that everybody was coming back, except for the director. Uh, but Woody Harrelson came back, Emma Watts, <laughs> sorry, Emma Stone came back, Izzy Eisenberg came back, Abigail Breslin came back, and then they added a few other people like Rosario Dawson. Never a bad person to add. Uh, so I was definitely intrigued to see what they'll do if they'll, how they'll progress with these characters, how they've been living basically in Zombieland, the apocalypse for ten years. And I'll admit it definitely was a good time. Uh, all these actors and actresses had still had great chemistry with one another. Uh, Woody Harrelson, I think, again steals the show. He gives the biggest laughs in this again while still having a little bit of heart in there and understanding uh emma stone and jesse eisenberg i th do like that them together and stuff and uh, abigail i think has also stepped up her game a little bit even though she's in this one actually i think technically a little less than the first one that's because they have a few new characters that they add on in this. Um, so basically this is just a romp of 
what happens now. Uh, they have basically become a quote-unquote dysfunctional family. Ten years living in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, zombies also in this now have been progressing and actually developing more and adapting. And they have fun nicknames for them. Uh, and while I will definitely admit this was a f fun time, and I did have fun with these characters in this, in, in this environment, the story was a little bit generic and predictable at times. Um, it was definitely not the strong part. I actually thought the story of the first Zombieland actually was much stronger in this. Uh, and... They also pick up this character named Madison, uh, played by Zoe Detch, and you are either going to like this character or really hate her. Uh, me, personally, I thought that she had a few laughs, mostly because I feel like she was supposed to be betraying a stereotype character, and we weren't supposed to be taking her that serious. Um... There's also a pretty good interaction of Woody's character with uh, quote-unquote hippies and, you know, pa pacifists. That was really nice. Um, but I didn't feel like this one captured as much emotion as the first one did. Um, do not get me wrong, I actually do think that this is actually a pretty entertaining movie, like I've stated several times, and that's what I wanted. And I'll admit, I actually really liked what uh, Rosario Dawson brought with her character into this bunch. And it, it's just that there's really not a bit of that much growth with certain of the characters. And some growth there in this film for certain ones. I, I know that's kind of hard to make sense, but there's development, but then there's not. Uh, I honestly will have no problem adding this to go with the previous Zombieland. Uh, the rules, I also feel like were a little bit hammered a bit too much in this one. Uh, I felt like they were pretty on the nose and right on the money with the first one. But, again, this... Did not blow me away, but I had a good time. So I'm going to be giving Zombieland 2, double tap, a B. A perfectly serviceable sequel. And just on a quick side note, there was a big thing being said around the internet by a few people about like that the mid-credit, post-credit sequence it quote unquote they said was one of the best things in cinematic history while entertaining doesn't live up to that high of a mark so you really oversold it just saying and so guys i hope you enjoyed this special one bird flying solo of reviews from guy loco here hope you enjoyed my reviews of the shining Joker, Gemini Man, Adam's Family 2019, Jinxie, and Zombieland 2 Double Tap. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who is listening. 
and is becoming a part of the crazy poultry flock. I hope you don't mind me calling you that. I uh, do have a special podcast coming up that I'm trying to plan out. I hope everything goes according to plan and we are able to do this podcast. But I will definitely be very grateful and this will help me out tremendously. Uh, please spread the word around about this podcast. And please tell people if they don't have the anchor that you can find us in this podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, I believe that's what it's called, um, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Poppet Casts, and of course on Spotify. Please, please spread the word around here on Crazy Poultry Inc. Please also subscribe to the YouTube channel too called Crazy Poultry Inc. Uh, where I do definitely some and eats and some and drinks maybe coming up soon. Uh, other than that, please keep tuned in, keep going to the movies, and see you guys. We'll be clucking around here. I don't know if I, how I feel about that, but I'm going with that outro. Bye-bye.